Welcome to Hometown Daily News and hometown.com. Let's get rolling. Hey. I'm on the wrong page to start my show. Hello, I am Marwatt. That is hometown.com. That is hometown.com. And this is the Hometown Daily News Show for uh, November 7th, 2022. This episode is number 311, and it's titled Ethics Matters, the smallest chapter in business school, and more news. Stick around. Got about 10 articles, and we'll talk about them briefly as we go through them. And I'll give you my context, and you can ask questions if you're in my chat. If you're not in my chat, and you're hearing this via... Uh, YouTube or the VOD here on Twitch or uh, the podcast um, or I don't know where else it's going to end up. You can actually listen to them via hometown.com. Go over to hometown.com, become a citizen. Let's get into the first article. I'm going to turn down my music. I said all of that while my music was blasting. Sorry if I'm yelling at you. Hey, so... What do you think is the smallest chapter in business school? And apparently maybe even in law. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff that talks about ethics in law school. And ethics matters. Kind of interesting that apparently California Bar opened up 205 ethics matters about this lawyer who wasn't disbarred until this year. And now there is a huge thing it's an issue it's a it's a thing the california bar opened 205 ethics matters so i'm not quite sure how this actually happened so let's look at this article deborah kassens weiss is the author of the article um it's over at the abajournal.com state bar of california opened up 205 disciplinary matters over four decades about lawyer tom gerardi he was disbarred in June after he was accused of failing to pay settlement funds to clients in three, <laughs> three separate matters. Hell, if I did that with one matter, I'm not an attorney, by the way, if I failed to pay somebody, I would be in some serious trouble. The State Bar of California said in a November 3rd open letter that 120 of the disciplinary matters involved client trust account violations, which usually that gets resolved swiftly and brutally, while others involved various allegations ranging from failure to communicate with clients to failure to perform, as well as misrepresentations in courts, clients, among others. This guy got around. The bar's client security fund has paid more than 1.1 million to Girardi victims while pending applications seek an additional 1.48 million. The federal judge had frozen the assets of Girardi and his law firm after a lawsuit accused the trial lawyer of keeping money intended to benefit clients who lost loved ones in the October 2018 crash of Indonesia's Lion Air Flight 610 and creditors forced Girardi and his law firm to going to bankruptcy in December 2020. 69 complaints were filed after the bankruptcy petition, while 136 were filed before. So this is two years ago. All of these are apparently pending from that. But I guess Girardi just flew too close to the sun. 
and took a whole lot of people with him. Fiscally speaking, right? Arguably, nobody was hurt, hopefully. In no way did somebody get harmed other than financially and the ramifications of financial harm. I mean, it can be it can be pretty bad. Um, you know, if you don't if you rely on those settlement funds to recover your losses so that you can actually be an ongoing concern, you know, you can pay your rent and get food on the table and this dipshit decides to pull some shenanigans and you end up not being able to get a job, your credit is ruined, you lost your apartment or your house or your family. <clears throat> Quite fascinating. Again, ethics is pretty much the smallest chapter in business school. Different business schools have different ethics chapters in the books, but anyway. So I'm sure somebody might go and do some due diligence on that. 69.2 of all stats are made up on the spot, by the way. The next article is uh, Elon Musk teases tortious interference lawsuit over Twitter boycotts because he's not a lawyer and is a moron, according to this article. Keep digging is good advice for the boring company. Less sound when you're in trouble over social media company. So let's look at this. This is in Above the Law, and Joe Patrice is the author of this, and and here is Musk looking over his shoulder saying, you'll never be like me. I've got money. And he's just really rich on paper. I'm sure if he liquidates everything really fast, he'll have billions as well. But for the most part, I got into a discussion where somebody said, I'd rather be a billionaire than have morals and ethics. I thought I was, I, I, I have zero zero respect now anyway um elon musk tenure atop twitter has proven the business school case study equivalent to or of that little girl trying to pour juice except instead of a young black girl trying to get a drink it's a south african billionaire trying to let white people use the n-word more <laughs> indeed you can say what you want on twitter apparently it is wild west and i was told a long time ago that the wild west wasn't very wild but for some strange reason i really doubt that i mean there's a, there was a lot of a lot of shooting rooting tooting and shooting anyway he botched the merger agreement so badly that he had no way out spun his wheels on a turkey of a legal case that only the dumbest of lawyers thought had a prayer fired executives he now owes millions don't worry he's signaling that He's not going to pay them. Another loser of a case. This is all stuff written by Joe Patrice over at AboveTheLaw.com. Um, there's more in this article, uh, but basically threatening tortious interference over Twitter boycotts is by far the dumbest thing that so okay so you can bring a lawsuit about anything to anyone you can file it and it, it can harm people right so you have slap laws you also have judges that unless they too are in the camp for uh, musk there is no way that they can get away with this. I mean, the, it would land on the 
the docket of this judge and the judge would sit there and go, this is borderline illegal for you to even file this case. Because if I tell a bunch of people, Hey, don't go to that company because of whatever, I don't like the color of their sign and a whole lot of people actually buy into it. It's their option. They don't have to good luck. There are some rules out there. I won't get into it because I'm not the attorney, but you know what? Maybe I can do a, some due diligence and, and actually report certain cases and whatnot. But anyway, um, he, he's this Elon Musk is just deciding that he can throw money at it in the form of a legal case because people are bowing out. Companies are bowing out social pressure. There, there is no law against telling people don't go, don't allow, don't buy the products of these companies since they're making a billionaire more billions, right? You can say that that's one of the, you know, freedoms that Musk is sitting there telling people that he's fighting for. But when you start messing with money, that's when people start having conniptions. You know, that's when people go apoplectic about, uh, social justice, you know, oh, you're hitting my bottom line. I've had people in my world, in my world specifically tell me that I'm impacting their, their final, their bottom line, their money, theirs, theirs even though it's not theirs, if it can be taken away, it's not theirs anyway. So we'll see what happens if he, if he sues one person and it's public in any way, it will land on Twitter itself and Facebook and everywhere else so fast. How companies like Tesla still exist with this guy. I'll never understand it. Um, he's a, a hot mess dumpster fire to me. Um, but that's just my opinion. Even the company is valued at a, a multiple outstripping the entrenched combustion engine companies who are moving very quickly over to EV and hybrid, like the Ionic is, is making some pretty fast moves is a much better design in my opinion, um, than the Tesla. And uh, I think the industry is going to wrap itself around. It's going to circle the wagons <laughs> to fend off Tesla simply because there's irrational exuberance around Tesla and Elon is going to take a major bath with Twitter. I am going to spin up um, a Mastodon server um, for uh, Ometown, but there's nobody really engaged in Ometown, right? I mean, people download the podcast, people go to the website, 
um, and we are online here on Twitch. And that's all that I really ask. Um, I don't really promote Discord. I don't do much on Twitter itself. Um, and I'm not on other social networks like uh, Insta and um, TikTok. So I want to see you here on Twitch. Listen via the podcast if you are not able to make it to the Twitch hours that are going to expand in January, starting in January. Um, And we'll go from there. But we'll be talking about business, technology, and society. And this happens to be a little bit of all of that. (laughs) He seems undeterred from running face first into more legal quagmires because he quotes, or sorry, he uh, tweets. I wonder, uh, so Tom Fitton um, said, I wonder if Elon Musk's Twitter has tortious interference claims against the left activist groups which are causing damaging advertiser boycotts of the platform. And Elon Musk actually replies with, we do. Tortious interference for saying, don't go there. All right. Do you know (laughs) how much Um, do you know how much of a PR nightmare it is to sit there and go after people who say, don't go to Coca-Cola because they are supporting Twitter turning into a dumpster fire. It'll be interesting. right it's all a civil claim you can do it all day long but i'm hanging up on this so i'm gonna go on to the next thing uh the next article is in the word and text stolen three billion dollars and bitcoin mystery uh ends with a popcorn tin discovery james jong pleads guilty to the 2012 hack as police find a stash of 50,000 bitcoin so apparently Um, this article is over at the bbc.com by, uh, Joe tidy, which is an awesome name. I don't know if that's their real name, but they're a cyber reporter. So maybe it's not their real name, but either way, it's a pretty awesome name. The U S just, let me back that up. The U S department of justice has revealed it seized 3.36 billion of Bitcoin last year, which was stolen from an infamous dark net website. The stash of 50,676 coins were found hidden on various devices in a hacker's home in an underfloor safe and inside a popcorn tin. James Zhang has pled guilty or pleaded guilty uh, to hacking the funds in 2012 from the illegal Silk Road marketplace. U.S. authorities <laughs> ill-gotten gains from an illegal marketplace. Beautiful. Uh, U.S. authorities say the, yeah, there's no honor among thieves. So U.S. authorities said the seizure is the second largest in history. My gosh, what's the largest? Um, It came at the same time as Bitcoin uh, value peaked. So the seized funds would now be worth 1.1 billion. Uh, Officers say that they found the Bitcoin dotted around the home on hard drives and other storage devices in an underfloor safe. 
and on a tiny computer hidden inside a popcorn tin in a bathroom closet. This is just amazing. Pardon me. I had to scratch my nose there. Um, let's see if they have a picture of that little tiny computer. I'm really curious what it was. Hmm. Doesn't say. At least not at first blush. Oh, so uh, Mr. Zhang ple pleaded guilty on November 4th to hacking the website and has forfeited his Bitcoin and assets to police as he's waiting sentencing. And he's facing up to 20 years in prison. And I'm sure if he goes state's evidence, he'll, I don't know, probably get a speaking tour. Uh, the next article is in the Continuity Report, 30 Most Popular Movies Right Now. Um, this is going to be according to RottenTomatoes.com. So it's top films everyone is watching. And if you go over, if you follow the link through Omtown over to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, you'll see the list. Um, but now is the time where I want to tell you that you can go to um, exclamation point showbot here on the uh, Twitch chat. And it'll give you a link and that link is for everybody else hometown.showbot.tv and go check that out that's where all of the urls are for today's episode um, i don't keep the past episodes urls those are in the show notes um, but i'm really interested in you voting on the articles that you find most interesting and maybe i can uh, focus on them directly a little bit more I don't typically, well, I mean, my bias is I find interesting articles, things that might be interesting to me and might be interesting to others. Um, but if you tell me, Hey, I really like this kind of article, then it might be one of the shows that I spin up faster. Um, because I do plan on launching another four shows, um, starting in January. Uh, we'll get to that as we approach the start date of these other shows. Well, let's go through number one through five in the 30 most popular. And then maybe you'll be teased to go over to Rotten Tomatoes and watch the rest of them. Or well, look at this list of 30. So Black Adam is number one. All Quiet on the Western Front is number two. Enola Holmes 2 is, uh, is number three. Weird, the Al Yankovic story, is number four. And The Banshees of Inishirin initiarin um is number five and there's 30 well 25 more 30 total um go check them out um i won't read through all of them um i've followed uh weird al yankovic from uh years and years ago i won't say how old i am but let's just say the dr demento show was something really cool to me while I was hanging out on the beach with a bunch of friends late, 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 late at night into the early morning. Anyway, the next article is in the word and tech. This is awesome. I want to see this so bad. There's just nothing but hype rolling around in my head. Uh, this is the glass onions. New trailer invites you to an elaborate murder mystery party. This is basically clue on steroids. The latest trailer for Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery shows off what might be the most uh, extra murder mystery party in history. It involves a tech billionaire inviting his closest disruptor, quote unquote, disruptor friends to an island getaway before things inevitably turn deadly, forcing Detective uh, 
Anoy Blanc into action. Um, and there's a little bit more color to this. Um, I, I, I really like the article, uh, not the article. I mean, I like the article, but I like the trailer. It's a Netflix trailer. I'm not too happy about that because the last time I streamed a Netflix trailer, I got a notice <clears throat> and they automatically chopped the bit of my, they took down, well, never mind. It doesn't matter. Andrew Webster over at The Verge. I wrote this article as the second Knives Out movie uh, it hits the Netflix on December 23rd and it'll be in select theaters later the th the th 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 this month. I'm having speaking problems apparently. Um, it, mostly it's just an excuse to see how much fun the cast is having. Knives Out star Daniel Craig is joined by a group including Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, uh, Catherine Hahn. Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, and everyone looks like they're having a blast. And I agree. To me, the chemistry is obvious. And I really hope that there's more of these Knives Out mysteries. I want them to be kind of like National Lampoons, except that it's all kind of murder mystery-ish has a ton of humor, has a, a real plot line, has a story. They are bottle episodes, right? They don't need to be, uh, there's no continuity. I hope um, that if there is continuity between the two events that um, it's really subtle. Uh, I don't want anything obvious. I want to find out about it 10 years from now that there was something that was in every single episode of it. And I get 10 episodes to watch to see if I can find it. Yeah, I, I dig this. Anyway, love the first one based on the trailer alone. I'm going to love the second one. Uh, not too much of a, a stretch there, right? That's not really a hot take. Anyway. Oh, and there's two, right? Netflix originally announced that it had scooped up the next two Knives Out sequels last year in a very expensive deal and released the first trailer of Glass Onion back in September when it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. Thanks, Verge. That was pretty cool for letting me know. Go over and read the rest of this article because there's other information in there that I just gloss over. So the next article is a uh, Twitter suspended comedian Kathy Griffin's account after she changed her name to Elon Musk to make fun of him, which <laughs> is not her fault. It's not her problem. <clears throat> you can change your name to anything. It doesn't change your account name. And all of this really kind of just pisses me off because Elon Musk is all about freedom of speech, but parody is actually a protected form of speech but guess what the first amendment protects against the government blocking your account because you crack a joke or you make yourself representative of that person but guess what even on twitter there's a remedy for this you click on the name and you can actually see and in many many other places you automatically see the account holder's real name okay it says at kathy griffin 
it pretends to be Elon Musk, but right below it, it says at Kathy Griffin. If you're a dumbass and you send Kathy Griffin a message, but assign it at Elon Musk and not to at Kathy Griffin, you're sending a message to Elon Musk. But it's obvious that it's Kathy Griffin, except in certain processes within Twitter. She literally revealed a flaw in the presentation of information that leads to people to believe that information is validly coming from a person when it's not coming from said person, it's coming from a fake account or a bot or somebody pretending to be somebody else. So fix your freaking interface. Don't sit there and shut somebody down. While in the same exact breath, screaming about freedom of speech. I'm telling you, the more somebody becomes a billionaire, the richer they are, it is, I'm sure that is logarithmic. You're going to find out that I, man, I just need to do the research, but it's really impossible to prove if somebody is sociopathic, it's just impossible because it's a series of tests, examinations of past performance, and then an opinion of a subject matter expert. But I'm telling you the more, the faster, or I should say, the closer you, you are to being a multi-billionaire, the faster you accelerate to sociopathy. Anyway, this is over at businessinsider.com. Matthew Lowe is the author of this. Kathy Griffin's Twitter account suspended after she changed her name to Elon Musk to make fun of him and voted, sorry, and, and showed that the, the problem is within Twitter, not her, not even the whole blue check mark thing or whatever. Musk then basically says, change in policy. If you don't say plainly that you're a parody account, right? Okay. So, you know, there's one that's like why people do this kind of stuff. I'll never know, but there's like a, well, there's a bunch of parody accounts, right? <laughs> I, I can't even come up with any right now. But anyway, there's a bunch of parody accounts. And if you have to sit there and market as a parody account, it loses its parody nature because the absurdity of whatever it is that is being done is obvious. Well, Kathy Griffin's was basically doing all kinds of democratic based statements, you know, vote blue to protect women. Griffin matched her profile details to Musk's and urged others to vote blue to protect women. No doubt. No doubt. Anyway, Griffin now joins a range of celebrities and figures who had their Twitter handles suspended for parrot, not suspended. It's basically, they are, uh, perpetually blocked. They're, they're shut down. They not just suspended. I mean, there's a, uh, unless suddenly there's so much blowback that Elon Musk says, Oh, okay. 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 I'll reactivate them. They are deactivated accounts, not suspended. A week earlier, the billionaire had declared that comedy is now legal on Twitter after buying the platform and then summarily shut down comedy parody. 
in particular. So I guess everybody, everybody's sense of humor is not the same, right? And Elon Musk will probably only appreciate certain humor that is his form of humor. And I've seen his form of humor and I don't find it particularly funny. And earlier that day, Musk had said that he was going to permanently suspend handles. Ban, he was going to ban them. Um, previously, we issued a warning before suspension, but that now, but now that we're rolling out widespread verification, there is there will be no warning. Okay, so roll out that blue check mark, baby. I can still change my name, but not my account. The account name stays the same when you change your front-facing profile name. The account name stays the same and is imminently there. You go to hometown on Twitter, you know, twitter.com slash hometown, you will see it says hometown and hometown at hometown right there. Hometown. So stupid. Supposedly he's intelligent, but to me, I think he's dumb. Anyway, $200,000, the crown theft almost sparked murder investigation after police found a dummy corpse in River, a dummy corpse from the Netflix hit series the crown nearly sparked a murder investigation the production designers have revealed in february of this year during the shooting on location of season five which is set to be released this wednesday november 9th thieves stole two hundred thousand dollars worth of antique props contained in two large trucks not trunks trucks apparently two trucks were stolen wow kj yossman is the author of this over at variety and they stole the antique props and a dummy corpse was found later in a river. And uh, people started a murder investigation. Well, uh, you know, this is kind of hyperbolic. Harvey said the dummy corpse was found in a river, looked exactly like a real dead body, which is why the police initially were confused. It was worth 13000 or $15,000, 13,000 pounds. She said uh, of the prosthetic body, it was absolutely identical to a naked dead person. Uh, it was probably quite alarming for the police actually when they fished it out. Well, that wouldn't start a murder investigation. It would have been, oh, look, it's a body. What is it? Oh, it's a dummy body. Yeah, it's a little bit hyperbolic. Less amusingly, Child said the theft was a real blow for the crew. It was a really, really ghastly thing to happen, he said. But we made use of mirrors to help us through uh, that because the other thing mirrors do is double up the amount of stuff you've got in the set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cute. All right. Anyway, let's keep on hustling through the news. Got about five more articles. This one is in the Hatch Ideas channel. Um, this was sourced from businessinsider.com. And it's Meta expected to announce massive layoffs this week that could impact thousands as tech bloodbath continues, according to the Wall Street Journal. Meta is expected to announce layoffs for thousands of employees as soon as Wednesday, the Wall Street Journal reported. Hey, I need a programmer to program something. Um, I won't be able to pay a lot, but hey, what can I say? It's not a big project. At least not to me. A uh, company already started downsizing and cutting expenses in recent months. Meta joins a growing list of tech companies slashing their workforces as a recession nears. Hey, guess what happens when you 
spend all kinds of money scooping up a whole bunch of businesses and then the fit hits the sham yeah you ruin people's lives hopefully everybody saved up and in the software industry there's a lot of money so hopefully the people saved up a spokesperson for meta declined insider's request for comment but instead pointed to recent remarks from ceo mark zuckerberg yeah bad times are coming yeah from greedy ceos who can't seem to have compassion in any way or ethics in any way they have to just keep on taking as much as possible as if it is a religion of profit take 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 only give when it lowers your taxable income Bethany Byron over at businessinsider.com wrote this article and yeah, um, let's see. It says the, the layoffs may impact many thousands of staffers and could come as soon as Wednesday. Yikes. In 2023, uh, we are going to focus investments on a small number of high priority growth areas. So that means some teams will grow meaningfully but other teams will stay flat or shrink over the next year. In aggregate, we expect to end 2023 as either roughly the same size or even a smaller organization than we are today, a slightly smaller organization. I guess a 20% riff is smaller. So Zuck said to everybody, you have three months to prove your worth, put in 200% effort, make me a multi-billionaire beyond what I already am and you can resign now if you don't like it I'm taking my bat and ball and billions and screw you people next article is over and the word in tech billions being spent in metaverse land grab corporations speculators and I'm willing to bet speculators and individuals have spent nearly two billion on virtual plots uh, this is over in the bbcnews.com website joe tidy again nearly two billion has been spent in virtual land in the past 12 months as people and companies <laughs> i need to slap microsoft because it keeps telling me that i need to upgrade to windows 11. Um, i'm not interested in that right now um anyway spent a virtual land uh in the past 12 months, people and companies raced to get a foothold in the metaverse, research says. Uh, no, come on, give me a break. It's all speculators. It's speculators. You know, uh, I was once, I can't say that. I, I it's, uh, anyway, Angie's plots are about the size of a small family. Okay, wait, 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 let me back up here. Um, exhi exhibiting their own artwork with her giant dark red Mohican, uh, right? Mohican and permanent cigarette. Mohican. What? Mohawk. Not Mohican. What? It's Mohawk, isn't it? That's what it's referred to as now, right? I mean, it's always been Mohawk, right? With her giant red Mohawk. Not Mohican. Um, and permanent cigarette, maybe it's idiomatic. Um, artist Angie Taylor's avatar does not look like the typical land mogul, but she is one of a growing breed of people staking a claim in virtual worlds. 
All right. Man, I don't want people referring to Facebook's slash Meta's interpretation of what the metaverse is as the metaverse. Blow out your ass. Zuck. Anyway, I'm moving on. I don't care. People stop. There's no reason to facilitate this. There's other better iterations that could be made by people that aren't just throwing a ton of money at something and then faking the presentation of the material. Maybe this person is actually using metaverse and the generic concept of virtual space, but for crying out loud, this is killing me because it doesn't say where they are in this. Voxels is one of dozens of virtual worlds that describe themselves as metaverses. Awesome. It's confusing because people often talk about the metaverse as if there's only one. Great. This is all supposed to be at the top there. Anyway, researchers at Metaverse Analyst DAP Radar. Okay, say that $1.93 billion worth of cryptocurrency has been spent buying virtual land in the past year alone, with 22 million of that spent on about 3,000 parcels of land in voxels. Uh, right. I think it's awesome. I really do want a virtual space to exist. I want it to actually bleed into augmented reality space so that when I'm walking around the world, I can see VR space and AR space, that mixed reality existence that should be what meta is. And just, uh, what is it called? Um, Hold on, I'm sorry. You're going to hear me clicking. Valerian in the city of 10,000 planets, or of 1,000 planets. I believe it's supposed to be 10,000 planets. But anyway, um, Valerian in the city of 1,000 planets has a market that only when you go through a particular portal and are wearing particular glasses can you go into this alternate dimension that is massive and, and without limit. And I want that kind of existence, but and the mixed reality um, type of environment. You put on my uh, AR glasses and I can flip between augmented reality, completely VR world and mixed reality where I can see either. Love the idea, love the idea of it. Anyway, Let's see, here's one luxury fashion brand. Philip Pline also owns a plot about the size of four football pitches, which he, which, which it hopes um, will eventually contain a metaverse store and gallery. Um, however, owner Mr. Pline says his mom is not convinced of his $1.5 million purchase. He's been selling goods in 24 different cryptocurrencies online for more than a year. Earlier this year, he opened up a new shop in London's Old Bond Street selling clothing and some non-fungible tokens in exchange for crypto coins like Bitcoin and Ethereum as well as pounds. Regulation is coming for crypto, guys. Anyway, pretty cool. I just wish Metaverse wasn't intimately tied to Meta. Uh, I'll keep talking that way about trying to 
distance the metaverse from meta. Anyway, um, the next article is over on Warcrafters. The winner of the speedrunning event gets a real life RGB katana. I only have two more articles. I'll run through this one real quick. Uh, Ted Lich- Litchfield over at PCGamer.com wrote this article. One more level also revealed its planned release window uh, for Ghost Runner 2. Um, as part of a live stream celebrating the second anniversary of Ghost Runner, 505 Games and One More Level outlined a legendary Ghost Runner challenge for speedrunners, with the grand prize being a real live light up katana based on the one from the game. It actually is pretty high resolution, looks pretty cool. Um, you'll have to go and take a look at it, but uh, go over to the site and, and check it out. Um, they say every participant will get some HP Omen sponsored swag, but only the winner will receive the grand prize, which includes some Ghost Runner, uh, some Ghost Runner themed PC peripherals alongside that quote unquote badass cy- rad cyborg ninja sword. Um, I dig anything RGB. Um, I just don't have it flashing around all over the place. The lights behind me actually are um, RGB and um, pretty damn cool if you ask me. They're twinkle lights, twinkly lights, right? Yeah, twinkly, twinkly. I have them turned off right now. I was in a meeting right before the show um, and I just didn't turn them on. So silly me, It the life of a mare, you know, I got a triage stuff. You can actually see the purple and green right there. It's pretty cool. Kind of like that. A little more subtle. The last article for today is Apple breaks silence on iPhone 14 Pro impact from COVID. Apparently, the Foxconn assembly facility in Zhengzhou is um, kind of getting hammered by COVID. And um, ah, Malcolm Owen wrote this article it actually came out after my last uh the the show yesterday um but i wanted to talk about it briefly very briefly because i'm going to be done here um with this article since late october uh, reports surrounding foxconn's Zhengzhou, i think i'm pronouncing it correctly if i'm not correct it's probably because i don't speak chinese and haven't heard this phonetically um to align it so correct me correct me um Anyway, factory has detailed the impact and changes made at the facility to counter an outbreak. I don't know. Vaccinate? Everybody wear a mask? I mean, you're... You're brutalistic about your culture. Why not just make everybody get a vaccine? Uh, I don't... I don't understand it. COVID-19 restrictions have temporarily impacted the primary iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max assembly facility located in Zhengzhou, China. Apple posted in a rare Sunday press release, the facility is currently operating at significantly reduced capacity. Apple adds it's continued to see strong demand for the iPhone 14 Pro and Max. However, we now expect lower iPhone 14 Pro and Max shipments than we previously anticipated and customers are experiencing longer wait times to receive their new product. Something that I don't think I have ever witnessed from Apple um, other than at the retail level, not at the supply level. Um, Here's my problem with all of this. I think all of this is artificial scarcity. I think that this is hobbling the economy of the United States. Um, and 
as much as I love a good conspiracy, I don't, it's not really conspiracy so much as I think that this is an, uh, leveraging the pandemic. It's an economic hit. Um, and so we will see what ends up happening. Um, but this is way beyond where we should be in terms of supply chain corruption based on the pandemic automation removes much of the human being in electronic manufacturing and distribution. There are people that can be trained and brought online pretty damn quick. I mean, it's not really subject matter expertise in the supply chain, except for the administration. And it isn't the administration that is cavalier about their health. Not for the most part, not that I have witnessed in business. You know, they, they're responsible and they take the steps necessary to maintain the integrity of the enterprise because if they go down, they lose everything. Yeah, you're going to find some, you know, numbnuts out there, but for crying out loud, man, this is, <laughs> we've been vaccinating so many people. Why isn't everybody vaccinated at this point? You know, and the ones that aren't getting vaccinated are all getting sick amongst themselves and then they're you know, out of commission. Go away. Bye-bye. Anyway, we'll see how long this lasts. I predicted mm, close to 11 years ago. No, it's been a decade at least. I'll just say that, um, that the United States was going to start pulling back its manufacturing because it can no longer rely on external sources because it's a massive threat to the long-term stability and integrity of the American economy. Things will get more expensive, but we'll see what happens because business plays a game with the economy, making profits for profit's sake and profits without value. Yeah, you're rich and I'm sure you'll thump your chest and be all chad about it, but I'm not going to be here forever and neither will you. Why not make a better world? That's it from Omtown. I am Marawat. That is Omtown.com over there. Go check it out. Sign up, become a citizen. There's stuff that's coming and going from Omtown.com. Um, I'm, I'm working on trying to fix a, a major problem um, that isn't going to impact your use of the service while it is operational. Um, but I might have to take it down at some point so that we can make a major infrastructure change. Um, I don't know when that'll happen sometime between this year and next year. <laughs> anyway, I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you very much for coming. Bye-bye.